I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. This old mariner have an opportunity to call out to you. Oh, and to bring you face to face with a couple of verses here in the Word of God. That hope will be of help help to you. Thank you for giving us this time. Whenever you're listening to this program, uh, morning, noon, or night, just I, I appreciate it. Uh, are you listening to me? I'm thankful for the time that you give, and I hope the program today will be of help to you. Uh, we're going to look at the most important question that could ever be asked anyone, and then the Bible answer. And the answer to the question that was proposed here in the passage in Acts chapter 16, the answer changed my life, took me off of an old boat. And place me here in the book. An old shrimp trawler in the midst of the Gulf of Mexico. I spent better part of my lost life as a commercial fisherman. Uh, the, the, uh, I guess the spring, the summer, the fall, uh, the shrimping season, and then the other parts. I've done the harvesting of oysters. I've done the, the gillnet uh, fishing, the harvesting of crabs. And uh, I, I enjoy seafood. I enjoyed being involved in seafood. Oh, but to be called by God to preach his word. Oh, what a blessed what a blessed calling. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, the context of the passage, the apostle Paul and Silas finds themselves in Philippi. Through preaching the gospel and then also having power over demonic beings, we think about devils. Uh, oh, something takes place. Uh, thinking about the businessmen in town. Some of their businesses have been hurt uh, through this preaching. They see some of the magistrates, the Roman magistrates here in Philippi. They have Paul and Silas caught. They catch them, and they strip their clothes off, and they beat them, and they throw them in jail. And that's where we find them in Acts chapter 16, all the way down in verse 25. They're not only just in jail, but uh, it says here, uh, made their feet fast in stocks. And then in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. The prisoners are hearing Paul and Silas talk about salvation, talk about what it means to have your sins forgiven. They hear them sing, I do not know the song back then. I know some songs today that magnify Jesus Christ, like we think about amazing grace. Can you see can you see Paul looking over in Silas? He said he said, Silas, you know the first verse of Amazing Grace, you know, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Let's sing it, let's sing it loud, you know. They not only sing praise, but they also pray. They're praying, Oh God, we're in prison. There must be a reason for us being here. Please help us to not get sick. This bruising, this beating, help us to not, uh, uh, as far as this old body is concerned, keep the body strong. But most of all, save these prisoners. Save this Philippian jailer that's here. Bring salvation to those in this 
place that's lost without Christ. And the prisoners hear it. Not only did the prisoners hear it, but God heard it. And God brought a circumstance to pass to get the jailer's attention especially because I read in verse 29, and when he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He heard them singing praises. He heard them praying. Now, he's not talking about salvation of his hide here, his body, because Paul said, uh, we're all here. That, 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 that's no problem. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What, uh, what can I do to possess what you have? Verse 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine house. What, what an answer. Just the right answer, by the way. All right, now let's see if we can take Take this apart just a little bit at a time and, and see if we can get all the way down to the root of what's being said here. Now, who's asking a question? All right. Who said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a Philippian jailer. Who's he talking to? All right. He's talking to Paul and Silas. Now, this Philippian jailer did not ask the Roman magistrates that you see in verse 20. He did not ask the Roman surgeons there. In verse 35, these are those who carried out the order, orders of the Roman magistrates. Also, in chapter 16, we have a divine or a soothsayer, kind of like a palm reader, a fortune teller. Uh, we have this Philippian jailer not asking this fortune teller, what must I do to be saved? He's not asking some Jewish priest of his day. To begin with, the Jewish priest of his day would be against Christianity. He's asking Paul and Silas. These were converts to Christianity. These were men that showed a miraculous change of life. What's, uh, what are you getting at, Brother Mon? I'm saying the moral of the story is you better be careful who you ask that question to. Are you listening? Careful as to who you ask that question to. Now, who are they asking this? Of Paul and of Silas, you know. Now, let me sort of explain what I'm talking about. I was raised by Andrew and Margaret Mund. My family was very moral, and they were somewhat religious also. My father was moral to the point whereby he said, Wayne, yes, sir, you're going to be good. Yes, sir. And I'm going to make sure you're going to be good. You're going to be a good boy. Oh, I've got many a thrashing and not going to go into explain any of that. But I remember many a time as a young person said, I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good boy. And that's that's the way that's the way I was raised. If you'd ask my dad, um, sir, uh, are you going to heaven? He would say, I hope so. Uh, what are you trusting? He said, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be moral. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do the right thing. Oh, wrong answer. You wouldn't, wouldn't want to ask my dad back then. Now, my dad did find the right answer. Uh, some people say, well, you, you need to keep the Ten Commandments. Oh, wrong person to ask to give that to give that answer. Uh, obey the golden rule. Oh, wrong person. You don't want to ask someone and they tell you that. Maybe obey some religious or be part of some religious sacraments. Oh, wrong person to ask. See, I'm telling you this. You need to watch who you ask these important questions to. The Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas. These were born-again 
children of God. I remember asking a man of the cloth one time, very religious person. I said, sir, do you know that heaven's your home? And he got offended. He said, I dare you ask a question. Do you not understand who I am? I said, sir, you didn't answer the question. He said, nobody can know that answer. Oh, how sad. The reason we think about the Philippian jailer, it would have done no good to ask the Roman magistrates, uh, the diviner, the soothsayer, some Jewish priest. You said, why? Because they don't know. They don't know the answer. Paul and Silas, what's the answer? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. All right. Now, of course, he puts this question like this because we think about the Philippian jailer thinks he needs to do something. Paul, what, what did you do to have this salvation? Uh, Silas, what, what did you do to get this? And I'm glad Paul and Silas didn't tell him something he had to do, but it told him something he had to believe. It says this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's not what you do, it's what you believe. And as far as what you believe, there are many beliefs today. It depends on what you believe in. The question is this, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Once again, many beliefs. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Oh, that speaks of his deity. The Lord Jesus, his humanity, the Lord Jesus Christ, all oh, that he's the Messiah. And this belief, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to show up in what you trust. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 12, it talks about uh, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, but it says in Ephesians 1, there, uh, there about verse 12, in whom ye also trusted after that ye believed. What do you trust? What you're trusting in is what you believe. Once again, I've asked many people, sir, are you for sure? What are you trusting in? I've had people tell me, well, my, my mother and my father. Oh, that's, that's my friend. Uh, that, that's the wrong trust. Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. And this trust, my friend, shows up. And, uh, oh, a, a belief as far as your heart engaged. And uh, the only way to truly believe and trust the right way, my friend, is to have the heart engaged. And it says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. What are you trusting for salvation? I'm trusting in a belief. Sir, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I'm trusting the work of Christ. What shall I do? <laughs> Trust the work of Jesus Christ. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Sir, what are you trusting? You know, some of you write on the board of being saved. It has to do with what you trust. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? That is what Jesus did. It is Jesus that died for you. It is Jesus that did the work of salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. To be saved, uh, nothing as far as nothing I can do.
Uh, there's no place I can go, no person to help me outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. The only help is in Jesus Christ. Once again, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Matthew chapter 1 said, when Jesus comes, he shall save his people from their sins. Sins in what? What manner? Sins forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7, Colossians 1, 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Jesus did the work, shed his blood, provide salvation for me, forgiveness of sins. Uh, do you possess it, Brother Mon? Yes, there was a time in my life I said, I believe, I believe I have trusted Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Now, are you saved? What are you trusting, my friend? Are you truly saved? Is Christ, uh, is he a part of your life, my friend? Not just your head. Is he a part of your life? The question is presented, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The answer, verse 31, in fact, this is the only time this question is proposed just like it is right here in the passage. And then the answer, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. What does it mean and thy house? <laughs> if they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they can be saved also. Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to know for sure that heaven is your home? All to know salvation to know Jesus Christ did the work, to know as far as the peace of God on the inside, to know this salvation, all is to take it also to live for Christ. Now, until next week, the same time, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.